right, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode number 23 of Justified Pursuit. As always, alongside my good friend, Chisholm Cook. Counselor, how are you today? Oh, you know, I'm glad it's spring. I think we talked about this like an episode or two ago that uh, spring means uh, shooting sunshine. Uh, That was, I was, yeah, I was going to say sunshine and Texas wildflowers and most importantly, shooting turkeys in the face, which my daughters have proven extraordinarily effective at over the last two seasons. You you owe me some videos, by the way. You never did send those over. Yeah, I'll do that. Need to get those. Yes, uh, your two eldest daughters are some turkey killing fools. They probably had a good guide. Um, they had a good location with plenty of birds and just enough corn in a feeder to give us a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Love your I, uh, appreciate your honesty, but that's right. I'm not going to BS. But I did call it. Tur- I did call one of them. So this was youth weekend. So that's right. Youth uh, opener in the South Zone. Uh, got a little uh bamboozled saturday morning um sat at the wrong spot only to find out that there was a feeder 150 yards away that had corn in it and that's where all the turkeys were right sat there the next day and we doubled up 10 year old got one first with her 20 gauge 35 yard headshot and then uh about an hour later after the cool front had come through and the barometric pressure had gone back up and just a nice light rain coming down. Another one comes cruising on through about 80 yards away from us. Uh, so we spot it. It gobbled for us one time. I dug my call out of my boot and made a few scratches, and he came in on a string. And That's an interesting I, place to keep a call. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was sitting between <laughs> them in a like a real low turkey ground-style chair, right? And had snake boots on, and so they like came up to chest level on me the way I was sitting. So, you know, you just slip the slate call in your boot because it's easy to get to. And then it slips all the way down to your ankle and you've got, you know, (laughs) knee high boots on (laughs) and uh, a turkey is about to walk out of your life forever. (laughs) You're panicking, trying to remember where the call was and remember where you stuck the strikers. And uh, thankfully, I I, uh, saved victory from the jaws of defeat and, and got her done and then Riley blasted it right in the throat. Now, great job by the girls, but just to be clear, we don't always hunt. Actually, you and I never hunt uh, turkeys at a feeder. We go find them, call them, and kill them. Uh, But for introducing kiddos into the outdoors, um, you know, feeder is a great alternative to that. Yeah, man, anybody who's got a problem with it can suck it. I'll be smoking. I'm smoking a bird as we speak that we'll be eating for dinner tonight. And they had a blast, and they both got mature nine-plus-inch beards. So, And you're uh, doing the Lord's work, introducing kids into the outdoors. So, that's right. Which is because that's he made it for us to enjoy. And that includes killing and eating those uh, beautiful creatures that we like to we like to observe and uh, also eat. So, yeah. Yeah, man, I don't Walters. think we have a lot of vegans listening to our show anyway. <clears throat> Uh, if we do, uh, you're welcome to, uh, not listen any longer <laughs> if you've got a problem with it. How does Norm say it? Uh, and we, we welcome you to not listen to this station in our estimation or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we've got some interesting stuff to get into today. Uh, more of a scatter shooting episode. And I think we'll just start right at the epicenter of all evil in California. Because you were just telling me, and I hadn't actually been paying attention to this. I, I knew that uh, Governor Newsom, the fraud that he is, had been recalled, um, which gives you hope to know, hey, there's people in California that are sick of his BS. Um, but they needed, what, two, two million votes? What, did, what was the deadline? And, and lay that out for us, because I haven't kept a, abreast yeah. of it like you have. They needed 1.5 million signatures on their petition. Mm-hmm. And the deadline... It's either today or yesterday. Uh, let's see for recall. The, the irony of this whole deal, uh, when you told me, I just started. <laughs> how can you not just laugh at the hilarious oh, nature of our society? Um, yeah, yeah, let's share it. So the deadline was yesterday, March mm-hmm. 17th. They had to get their 1.5 million signatures by March 17th, all along the last, you know, it's been most of the year. So, you know, at least six weeks they were working on it, two months maybe. 
Um, those speaking of it would say that, you know, they needed to get well past a million five to be safe from uh, basically the scrubbing that would happen mm-hmm. of their um, oh. position, right? In other words, it wasn't a given that Newsom and his California Democratic Party would count all of the signatures, which is hilarious because I think all of the Republicans who challenge votes, which is what this essentially is, right, are called domestic terrorists. <laughs> right. Yet, if it's attacking a Democrat, um, somehow it's still domestic terrorism <laughs> because that's what they're saying now. That's what he's saying is that the entire list of one of two point what they ended up coming in at is 2.1 million. So they've got a 600,000 vote surplus or mm-hmm. surplus over what they need should be safe. Um, but according to Newsom, as of yesterday, it's all uh, Republican extremists. Bernie Sanders, I believe, used that word as well. Hmm. Uh, uh, Right wing militias, Proud Boys, etc. cetera. Uh, that's the entire list, according to those guys. Um, you know, and that this is all just a uh, another example of Republicans trying to overthrow democracy and and uh, and just steal power from uh, from its rightful possessors. Yeah, well, you know, what? like thirty percent of California still votes Republican, so there's at least a million and a half Republicans in that godforsaken. Yeah, I mean, all they need to do is just finish driving the last holdouts out of their state, and they will finally have the leftist utopia they dream of. They're really close. The good thing is, you know, my guess is that the two point one million people that signed this thing are like the last. They're they're probably right. They're probably all the remaining public Republicans in the state of California. Uh, and, you know, if they successfully eliminate 600,000 voices and uh, deny this recall effort, then, you know, they'll probably all bail. And uh, Newsom will have his, you know, 30% empty, broke, um, leftist shithole. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, business is not good. If you're, if you're especially a small business owner in California, people have been leaving for years and that's all amped up here in 2020 and 2021 and the, the people that couldn't make it through covid because of the lockdown and the restrictions dude a lot of them have closed shop and have or they're looking for greener pastures and uh, certainly texas idaho montana you name it yeah and you know what's amazing though like so with this uh, covid relief bill quote <clears throat> quote covid relief bill mm. um so, so like one of the earmarks in there is $50 billion for the state of California, yet their state revenue was actually somehow not down in 2020. And because of like, I mean, I, I guess at least in part because of shuttering so many services, they actually ran a budget surplus for the first time in God knows how long they came in. I want to say like, 30 something billion under budget. Hmm. And then the feds gave him 50 billion anyway. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So he's trying to discount these signatures on the petition, which is just hilarious. And I, and you know, the irony isn't lost on anyone listening to this, right? The state that doesn't require you to produce an ID to vote, (laughs) right. Is, is, is challenging. The validity of these signatures. Uh-huh. That one. So if legally this petition holds up, what's next? Like what is it what is the end result of the recall? Does he lose his office? I mean, what happens to him? I'm pretty sure it's a special election at that point. Uh-huh. So he'll run against <clears throat> probably another Democrat or two or three. Um, I know there's one or two quote Republicans that have thrown their hats in the ring. Okay. Um, those folks are already all out there. I know that one of the guys, one of the Democrats running is a Silicon Valley CEO for somebody big to, um, huh. well, you would, you would out. think that he liked Newsom because Newsom's in his back pocket already anyway. Yeah. I mean, he's pretending to be a kind of libertarian style Democrat, I guess. Let me see candidates for California runoff. Huh. Well, I was also, you know, Doesn't interested matter. in some guy from Silicon Valley wants to run. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's that. We'll see yeah. how that plays out. They had they had one of these. You know, that's how we they ended up with uh, Schwarzenegger. Mm. Uh, can't think of the guy's name, but they had a governor that they recalled in the early two thousands. Uh, led to that special, you know, runoff election, and that's how Schwarzenegger got in there. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, you know, if anybody in California expects things to get better, uh, they're fooling themselves, right? Whoever replaces this, this, uh, authoritarian, uh, hypocritical douchebag, Mm -hmm. it'll just be another authoritarian hypocritical douchebag. So, yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. Um, I did see some positive news coming out of the democratic party this week which i was blown away by i don't so there's under, this, you can't you you cannot speak greek to me i don't speak greek what right i know Doesn't i had to sense. get an Nothing interpreter said makes any sense i had to get an interpreter but once they <clears throat> interpreted it i actually was blown Those away. Were the, that was the straight that was the actual interpretation of whatever you're trying to convey that somehow <laughs> something good came from them <laughs> right exactly mm-hmm. it's it was mind-blowing um but uh but yeah so there's this um South Carolina state representative Caesar McKnight. And this week, actually, either yesterday or today, he introduced a bill to ban minors from getting transgender reassignment surgery, uh, puberty blockers, all that good stuff. And if someone in the state administered any of those things to a minor, 20 years and a felony. So good news coming out of the left. Maybe they're not all bad, man. Maybe I know they're not all bad. Um, they're not. But they're affiliated with the devil. I mean, with just horrible, horrible individuals, right. horrible policy. So that's why when you see something like this, uh, it's like, wow. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I saw something that gave me hope from the Democratic Party on, on like a moral or ethical issue. Yeah. I mean, to your point when you assess their most extreme positions, they're really not even extreme. So insofar as they're viewed by their party, right? Mm-hmm. Late, late term abortion, partial birth abortion, um, con- gun confiscation. Uh, oh, COVID lockdowns, right? Uh, you, you can go on down the list. These are things that I do really do believe that Thank the God big- Biden's vaccine saved us all. <laughs> let's get to that in a second uh yeah transitioning f- physically m- mutilating the genitalia of of preteens uh-huh. these are all things that i really do believe the big middle is not for uh whether they consider themselves democrats vote democrat republican whatever right mm-hmm. but they're i mean not only that I, I think that most people find these things abhorrent right Yet among the Democrats, even those who disagree with it, they're willing to like go along with that because they think it's better than whatever the extreme on the right is. But dude, name one thing that's extremist from the right right now that actually is embraced by Republicans. You know, what they would scream is, oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. Okay, what about Trump? What part of Trump? Oh, racism. Okay, so you mean your fallacy about the Charlottesville stuff? What what part? What are we talking about? Like that, you know, they want to call the right all Nazis, but you don't see Nazis marching on cities across America. You don't see anybody. I I saw a lot of burning down America in 2020. the, The only people you hear about getting put into like, you know, concentration camp type facilities are people who don't want to comply with the left's COVID stuff. So like none of what would traditionally be described as extreme right-wing, I I guess, ideology is embraced by even half of the American right. It's all shunned, you know? I mean, yeah, we want stronger borders. That's not extremist. No. Not, right? National pride is not something that should be frowned upon yeah rounding up illegals all across the country and and sticking them in concentration camps that would be extremists and nobody's talking about that and if they are nobody's listening to them yet partial birth abortion perfectly acceptable discourse among the left 
you know, so I get it. You know, I, I don't believe all Democrats are inherently evil, but to your point, I just don't see anything coming from the legitimate American right that is as grotesque, uh, damning, um, anti-liberty as what we get from the quote unquote liberals. Yes. Yeah. Well, good on Caesar McKnight. He is my new favorite, um, democratic politician this week might change next week, but, uh, I was tickled pink to, to see him come out and propose that legislation. Hope it passes. We need stuff like that passed in uh, all 49 states. We know it will never pass in California. But um, it sure would be nice. And that if other states took this as a, a nudge in the right direction, you know, we need to see more of it across the board. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and, I, I, you know, again, I, well, I guess I said this before we started recording. I do think... I, I really do believe, and this may be the first crack that the Democrats, I said this since the first week after the inauguration, are overplaying their hands as we speak on basically every front. And it's these types of policies, what a lot of people on the right call the culture war policies, right? Mm-hmm. That are going to sink them in 18 months. I, I really do believe that. Like, it is an, a known fact that Donald Trump outperformed among minorities in this country, uh, blacks and, and Latino, Latinas specifically, uh, compared to basically any of his Republican forebears over the last 20-something years, 30-something years. And it's in large part like I've talked about because those are people who, just like you and I, don't like any of this crap, this culture crap that mm-hmm. they're pushing. So, you know, to see, to your point, to see Democrats taking a stand against the hottest button issue, I mean, it's definitely one of the two or three sort of hottest button issues among the left right now is this transgender psychosis that they've fallen into. Uh Um, I I hope is a sign that, yeah, that the tide is going to start shifting and that there are going to be moderate, reasonable Democrats who now that the Trump boogeyman is gone are going to have the balls to step out there and say, hey, y'all, let's slow our roll a little bit. I feel like three months ago they had to march in lockstep because they were all unified against bad orange man. Right. Yeah. So maybe hopefully praying that by removing bad orange man from the equation that allows the good liberals, the good Democrats, the middle of the road liberals, uh, you know, family oriented regular damn people right? to, you know, step forward and say, you know, this, we're, this is, we're not willing to go this far. We'll see. Well, I got censored by some of those extreme leftists this week, Chisholm, multiple times. Yeah, tell the story. Across two platforms. Uh, so I basically screenshotted some text uh, that, that said, hey, and this is just paraphrasing it, and then I'll read you what I, what I said about it. And it was um, basically it said, hey, all of you that have yelled so loud and gotten um, a plastic potato, a cartoon skunk, and Dr. Seuss canceled in the last couple of weeks, we'd like you to tell us how you did it. Because we'd like to cancel some things like child pornography, sex trafficking, and pedophilia. That was the gist of, of what I said. So, And it was like, so... If you can help us, um, help us out with these, getting these canceled, we'd, we'd love it. So then I, and I said, with that screenshot, I said, uh, and also the, what got me on this was Cardi B's performance with the, some whore named Megan V. Stallion at the Grammys, where they were basically rubbing their coochies together on stage in what it amounted to little more than a thong, uh, singing their wet ass pussy dance. That's what WAP stands for, by the way. Um, and this is on primetime television on Sunday night. Of course, I didn't watch that. Uh, but I did see the clips and, and read the, the backlash from, you know, anyone that, that questioned it, of course, is labeled a right-wing extremist because who doesn't want to see that? Uh, but I said, with that, with that text that I screenshotted, I said, I didn't watch the Smutfield Grammys on Sunday, mostly because outlaw in Texas country isn't acknowledged. But after seeing the highlights of some whores named Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion do the WAP dance 
on national television, it became more evident than ever that our society is a terrible, godless, disgusting place. WAP stands for wet-ass pussy, by the way. And I said, I look at my wife and I'm amazed daily by her grace and beauty. She embodies what a woman truly is. Women deserve to be treated as equal to men in society. However, this sets the female gender back light years. What man looks at this and thinks, now there's a woman that deserves respect. And I said, ladies, what are your thoughts? I can tell you right now that fellas don't want to bring these concubines home to meet their mothers. And anyone really looking to ruin their day, do a Google research on pedophilia in California in the public school system. And that was all I said. So then, you know, it's going along swimmingly. It's getting a lot of comments. Um, a lot of people saying, hey, I know your, hunt, your page is a hunting page, but I appreciate you taking a stand on this. After about 30 minutes, I refresh my screen and it says uh, Instagram we've reviewed your photo this is what Instagram said we've reviewed your photo and removed it from for violating our community guidelines due to um, basically harassment and bullying so I don't know where in there I violated the community guidelines I quickly searched Cardi B and there was videos of her doing that disgusting performance all over Instagram, some with hundreds of thousands of views. Um, but they had said that the, you know, they had screenshotted that photo of her. And so then I, I uh, screenshotted their response to my post and posted that again with my text, took out the Cardi B photo. So that couldn't be used again. That went on for 30 minutes and then they deleted that as well. For again, saying harassment and bullying. What, where in there was there any harassment or bullying? And by the way, this happened on Facebook twice as well because I posted the same thing. It got axed both times. So where, since when did taking a stand and saying women are beautiful and deserve to be treated with respect and that pedophilia, child pornography, and sex trafficking are horrendous things that every American should stand against? Where, where, did I, where was I off base there, Chisholm? I mean, you know, I don't agree with it or don't know that it all matters all that much, but my guess would be maybe where you call her whores. Call well, whores, look up but the definition of whore. And dude, it says, it I'm says, not saying, I'm not using saying sex wrong. to make money. Just doesn't, does, just because she's not dude. getting penetrated in the back of a <clears throat> car doesn't mean that she's not a whore. Yeah, she used to be a stripper too, if I'm not mistaken. No, I, I'm she's not saying, I'm not saying what whore. you said was wrong and I'm not defending instagram's actions you just asked what part and that's the only part i can think of to your point that would come anywhere near harassment and bullying hilarious that an internationally famous pop star who to your point records the wet ass pussy song and dances as she does needs protection from a you know regional hunting and fishing radio host right and his hundred and fifty thousand instagram followers uh and and no maybe some maybe it's something else i, I don't know man um no i think it, I, I, I don't think it has as much to do with cardi b as it does that there's people in silicon valley that like child pornography that like pedophilia and like sex trafficking i mean that's what it says to me we are we all know that that's where all that shit starts and i mean i don't know to me it's it it wasn't about Cardi B the way that I interpreted their response. It was a, it was basically, hey, don't take a stand against anything virtuous, anything ethical, or anything having to do with conservative morals, because we're going to axe it. They might have, maybe they use the Cardi B thing as an excuse to axe it, but yeah, I mean that seems more likely, right? Uh, that they, to your point, did want to silence you in general and had at least the one little thing to hang their hat on it. I, I, what it brings to my mind more than just their rationale for doing it is the awesome and hilarious tension among the left between, um, like, you have the transgender thing, you have the traditional feminist movement and that's, then you, that's canceled. Right? Well, right. And, and then you have the phenomena on the Emmys the other night, right? And like the wild ass tension between those three groups is such a perfect example of what I pray ultimately dooms leftism, which is that they can't coexist. 
You know, like you can't be the party of feminism and and the party of know, prostitution, biological <laughs> boys playing sports against girls. Like you can't, right? Yeah, and, and right, and, and also the party of you know rampant, you know promiscuity and yeah, uh, de de glorifying the 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 female figure yeah, exploitation and, of the female form. Right, exactly. Right. I mean, the feminine. Of course, the feminists have been you know railing against that since the sixties. You know, then there was the move to say, no, feminism means wet ass pussy. Right. And now we're stuck there. Like, so what does <laughs> feminism mean? Does it mean wet ass pussy or does it mean uh, you don't have the right to objectify me? Right. Nobody knows. Uh -uh. Just like nobody knows what male and female means anymore. Nobody knows what a black American means. Yeah. You know. So, so then they went a step further and I tried to do a live Instagram live video because they clearly were going to keep deleting the post. And so I was just going to rail on them on Instagram live. And they were like, uh, I tried to do click the live button and they're like, you were blocked from doing live videos. So th there's that too. <laughs> Free speech yeah. is dead. Absolutely. We can, uh, they have all the power because they have all the platforms that have any value. I just hope that sometime in the near future, we will get a conservative platform that's co comparable that will end up having the the same reach because you know going back to the separate but equal thing that we've talked about that sucks but i don't see them letting conservative conservatives stick around on these platforms for much longer anyway they're trying like hell to get rid of them right now i mean there's not really any denying that they're not pretending to hide it they're it's a strange time man um won't be boring that's good, I guess, right? Like, mm -hmm. think that our forties will be a decade of uh, a, a decade of a lot of um, a lot of intrigue, <laughs> upheaval, dissension. Yeah, I just kind of want to lock myself in my house for the next decade and just glorify my wife's body and not just forget about everything else. That sounds like a good plan, huh? Well, if the baby boomers have anything to do with it, you will, because everybody will be hiding from the Rona. <laughs> yeah there's gonna be a lot of kids well i guess those kids are starting to be born now from lockdown the lockdown kids that's awesome uh, i was on a call earlier uh with a guy who told me that uh his uh i guess his either his brother or sister or his, or his wife's brother or sister just had two kids in january and then another another one is coming in february so these are all like nieces and nephews of his so Three new nieces and nephews in 60 days. And I was like, oh, Rona babies, huh? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh, man. Our kids are doomed if we don't, if we don't somehow right the ship. Which, when we got on, when we got on um, before we started recording, you were kind of down and out of it. And I was like, man, you're back on my plane. You, the last few episodes, you've been on this, uh, everything's going to be all right. You know, basically, post-election, you've been writing this euphoria of it's all gonna be okay and then today you're like man this is so fucked <laughs> <laughs> it's true uh i i can tell you one thing that i did really well for the first month of the year was just stay the hell away from podcasts for the most part the news i dove into my bible and meditation and prayer and this new breathing exercise that i do every morning i got from wim hof and uh, that was helping a lot. And then, uh, I definitely, th this podcast thing, listening to podcasts has been a, you know, a, a, an addiction, uh, idol demon, whatever the hell else you want to call it that have, I've been struggling with for probably like six years now where, but, okay. Yes. But are you listening to unhealthy content for the most part? No, almost everything. Well, it depends. I guess it depends on your on its face, I would say no, right? Mm -hmm. I listen to news and I listen to history and I listen to, you know, some of the news outlets mix a little pop culture in there a little bit here and there, but for the most part, it's all very informational, right? So what is the catch 22? Is that it, it, it takes time away from your family? Like what's the- That's the first thing. That's the yeah. first thing. It, you know, like honestly, Christmas before last, it reached a head where, you know, my wife made it very clear that she had felt for like a year, she was just basically living in this house with a- deaf and dumb, you know deaf mute who wasn't was only just there. walking around with earbuds yeah yeah exactly and so you know i had to rein it in for that 
for sure. But I, I do, I do think also though, you know, when you, it's an echo, it can definitely, it can, it's an echo chamber like any other, right? Mm-hmm. This, this outlet is no different really than a social media sphere where, you know, you jump into, you know, Jordan Peterson or yeah, you know, you jump into Joe Rogan, he introduces you to Jordan Peterson. The next thing you're listening to Dave Rubin. And then I listen to the Federalist and I listen to the national review guys. And, you know, all of a sudden Mo, I'm just Mo getting, and- yeah, Mo, although he's, I would say somewhat breaks that mold a little bit, but point being like, I just end up inundated all day long with this crazy ass left, right culture war nonsense. And a couple of those podcasts like Mo and, and the uh, no agenda show that Adam Curry, his co-host, his other show with this guy, Mm -hmm. John Dvorak, those guys painting a picture of things like, I don't want to get way too out there on this, but anybody who'd like to hear more about it, email and maybe we can do a show about it. But, you know, like CIA information control stuff like MK Ultra. I mean, this is an acknowledged, uh, you know, known program that the CIA has run, I think, since the 50s or 60s, where they use television, radio, and actually in books, like a uh, you know, print publication, to steer society. Right. Like you listen to all that stuff and you just end up in this. They're doing a shitty job in 2021. I'll tell you that. Depends on what direction you want to take society, man. Steering society into a godless cesspool that I fear is circling the drain. Depends on what direction you're trying to steer society, bro. Mm. You may not like it, but apparently somebody does. But anyway, just the point being like, yeah, it can kind of just drag you down to let yourself get inundated with what you consider bad, frustrating, annoying, and destructive news all day. Right. And and then again, and it, what really hit me at the beginning of the year was when I cut off from it and I just live my life, none of that shit actually impacts it. You know what I mean? Like I don't come across hardcore leftists that I'm arguing with nonstop in my day-to-day life. I don't, I don't at all. I mean, again, the closest thing I have to that is, uh, I, I guess, my mom and my sister, who were mostly just suffering from Trump derangement sister syndrome. They're not actual devout leftists. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't stand Trump, and they let themselves get, you know, sort of swayed by... No, I mean, your sister wears a fuck Trump shirt. Yeah, but we've also had to talk about the we've also had to talk about the homeless problem in Austin, and she described the city council as those damn liberals, and I yeah. corrected her and I said they're not liberals, Sherry. They're they're leftists, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, my regardless, like I guess my main point there was whatever their political beliefs are versus mine, it's not something that has to be a focal point of our lives at all. It doesn't cause us a great deal of like, we just don't talk about it. You know, talk about other yeah. stuff and. Yeah. You know, beyond that, every Uber I've been in in the last six years, the cabbie is talking about the same stuff you and I are talking about. Every, uh, you know, business meeting I've been in, every, you know, friend I've made, you know, it, it's not what happens in the beltway should stay in the beltway, I guess, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to some extent. Yeah. But then there's the part of me that says, well, we have to be vigilant against it and fight. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. Well, it was nice to see you back joining reality again. <laughs> nice so. to see me miserable again. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that, bro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, get back to reading that Bible and get back on your. I have been doing that still. Point. I've done that every day. It just. Uh... I have not. I need to. I, you know, I pray every day. Um, pray at least once or twice. Sometimes selfishly, I do admit. Um, and then I catch myself and be like, you, you need to pray when you're not just asking for things or, and it doesn't even have to be like, it's not, it's never material things. It's just asking for, you know, help God to watch over my kids or yeah. help me to be a better um, father, husband, those kind of things. I think, it, you know, I pray daily and it might just be a quick 10 minute. Uh, I'm not even 10 minute, 10 second prayer, you know, Lord, help me with this today. Um, but I need to pray more, you know, what I can do to uh to help other people maybe not so much myself and the the people immediately uh related to me but 
or a lot of it when my mom had COVID, you know, of course I'm praying for that. But again, that's something for me. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, introspective. I need to be praying for other things that don't directly benefit me. Yeah. I, um, be more selfish. I, I hear I you. Guess. I know that. Right. For sure. I, and certainly you've, you've, you made me want to get back into reading my Bible. Um, something that I, I knew frontwards and backwards as a young man. And then I would say, unless I'm actively at church, which we haven't been going to church since COVID, um, I don't really, I haven't picked it up. I'm sad to say that. Certainly need to. I, you know, I don't know that we've talked about that much on the show that, you know, I really tried to recommit to my faith six or seven years ago. And, you know, like anything, it's been a, it's been a up and it's been a roller coaster, right? I do right. really, really well for six months, a year, and then kind of half ass for the next six months. And, you know, I've been on a good, a good run for, I'd say going on two years since we moved up here, got into a church. I like got into a men's group. You know, it, one of the things that helps the most is just the environment, right? The people that you surround yourself with and, mm-hmm. you know, what their practices and, uh, you know, day to day lives look like that, that you end up, you are the company you keep. Right. Yep. Um, but to your point about what a prayer should look like, I definitely found and do believe this, that the more you talking, you're talking to God, your prayer will morph itself to focus more outwardly. And I think that's because that's God talking back, mm-hmm. right? Like you're right. Like you, you can't, shouldn't feel like you can't ask God for things, but I do agree with you that the majority of your prayer life should be, um, more like God, you know, use me for your ends, right. Uh, mm-hmm. use, help me serve you and serve others, that type of thing. And I, I do believe that <clears throat> you open that dialogue up and you commit to it and you stay in it and you maintain it. That's the, that's for me, that was the direction that naturally went. Um, it wasn't that way that first few months when we were getting ready for that first Elcon in 2015, it was all very self-centered to your point. Some of those self-centered prayers were like, help me be a better Christian husband and father today than I was yesterday. Right. So that's those are certainly valuable. Yeah. Well, and they're yeah. w- well beyond your immediate, you know, it, it at least impacts your sort of sphere of influence, right. And who you right. are in the world. Um, but now every single day when I pray, you know, it's, I'm praying for exactly what I just described, right? Like, yeah. Show show me where you're working, God, and include me. Use me as open. An instrument. That's right. Open my ears and my eyes so I can see the path you have for me and help me. Give me the discipline to follow it, right? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. Well, I was going to say something else. Anyway, <clears throat> I do think I, I think the more you commit to it, the more you will sort of trend that way and if you're only praying sporadically then it's only going to be when you feel a need you know what i mean yeah and so if it's when you feel a need it's probably because you need something right right so that's what you end up praying about but if you just make it a if you just make it a discipline thing then you'll then then it then it kind of broadens itself well you are certainly a more disciplined person than i am i mean i have no qualms about saying that um and well we can always do better I, i know yeah I Absolutely. want to, uh, I think if you're not striving to do better then what the hell are you really doing? Yeah. I mean, you're just stuck in a rut. Right. And I think that, uh, that leads to other, you know, issues and unhappiness, depression, all that kind of stuff. Um, no doubt. So every person, anybody listening or should always be striving to do better, um, in their daily life in their career, um, as a father, husband, you know, wife, if there are any women that listen to this uh, podcast, don't know if there are or not, but, um, yeah, interesting, but, uh, certainly, you know, and, and having these, uh, discussions, I think benefit both of us selfishly. Um, obviously it's like, you know, you're talking to one of your best friends and people just happen to be listening to the conversation. So, yeah, which they're, they're they, most of my favorite podcasts sound just like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and Rogan's got the 
biggest platform in the history of humanity. And it's always just him and somebody talking. Yep. You know, um, very, very rarely, you know, only when the conversation stalls, will he ask a question like it's an interview, you know? Mm-hmm. But again, he says the F word so much that I just can't do it. But <laughs> I said the F word on our show today. So Say, I thought you just said it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because I hang out with you and, uh, also my my beautiful bride likes to she'll throw that word out there once in a while <laughs> nice <laughs> so does mine yeah. <clears throat> and I, I you know what's funny about our marriage we used to like keep tabs on that and we've basically just like and it's sad to say but i'd say in the last our kids had a lot to do with it we started cussing a lot more when we had kids yeah dude you got to pick your battles you've only got so much bandwidth for discipline. i mean it's so weird though it's like we got to be yeah. better role models for our kids and we don't swear in front of them but man we swear a lot more about them <laughs> Jeez. and uh yeah but we we need to get back to that um because they I, I know my my kids have never like heard me say the f word or i just wouldn't do it um and i certainly don't don't want to i want to you know be that role model and hey be, be you know do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Just admitting my hypocrisy, but I think a lot of parents uh, in today's society probably are the same. Yeah, I mean, again, I uh, while I always preach and promote discipline, um, you need to discipline those kids. Right you also now. can hear them in the background. Can you hear them? Yep. Here, I'll be right back. We'll edit this part out. You there? Yeah. Like I was saying, while I am a big proponent and believer in the concept of discipline, I can speak from personal experience and sort of just from a general understanding of humanity that the more things you try to exercise discipline and control over at the same time, the less less of a grasp you'll have on any one of those things, right? Like you can't. Yes, this is awesome. You can't You're be perfect across the board. My swearing habit. Something. <laughs> I am. I, know. I am because I know. you know. It, if 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 popping off a swear word keeps you from backhanding one, then it's the lesser of two evils, right? So right. you can't uh, you can't put a lid on all of it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting here claiming to or advocating any sort of ridiculous violence against children, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, they're it's frustrating, it's taxing, it's challenging, it's exhausting, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, to be like on in a career and then on as a parent. And then in all contexts to watch your mouth all the time, you know, I think you can get there, but I, I, I know like, it's like, it's like uh, new year's resolutions, right? If you pick a resolution, maybe two or three tops and you're, you know, reasonably disciplined person, you can accomplish those things. But if you pile 15 resolutions on, you're not going to get any of them. Oh gosh. No. Right. None of them are going to work out. You, uh-uh. you know, it, like you have to look at the long haul of life. Uh, and say, where do I want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years? And just try to make steady progress on things. You know, this this is the year you're going to clean up your diet, then work on that. And then maybe next year you can add a regimented workout routine to it, you know, but try to do, you know, if you're trying to be perfect across the board, you're, uh, you're setting a pretty high bar. So mm-hmm. no doubt. Well, um, what what else did you want to get into today? I don't I don't remember if there's anything else on our run sheet or not. Um, are you going to let uh, President Joseph R. Biden tell you whether or not you're allowed to have a Fourth of July party with friends and family outside, no less? Uh, no, I'm not going to let him tell me really anything that any basically anything he says. I feel like you should probably do the opposite, like just yeah. you know. I find it, speaking. I find it hilarious and incredible that parts of this country are still living in this like double masked lockdown panic state. Um, I ran to South Texas over the weekend for that turkey hunt, mm-hmm. and I will say I was really actually surprised. You know, March tenth, so last a week ago, last Wednesday the governor's orders for mask mandates and, you know, business limitations and all that stuff uh, expired. So technically since March 10th, 
there is no requirement to wear a mask in Texas and there's no requirement to limit the number of people that a business can, can host. But as he said, and as anybody with a damn brain knows, that doesn't prevent those individual businesses from imposing their own limitations mm -hmm. saying you have to still wear a mask to come into my shop and we are only letting five in at a time and whatever, right? Social distance, all this, all this other stuff. Right. So right. I totally, that's all along. My position on this has been let people do what they think is right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and so if you, if I'm a business owner and this is something I'm concerned about, then by all means make everybody wear your damn masks. And then as a, as a, consumer and a potential customer, I can determine whether I want to comply with your mask mandate or not. And, you know, if I choose not to comply, I just won't come into your shop. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> what I was getting back to my point, what I was surprised to find was that some of these really small towns I drove through in deep, deep South Texas, towns like Foul Furious and Hebronville, uh, man, everywhere I went, damn near everybody still had their masks on running into the gas station, running into the grocery store and, and that sort of stuff. Well, I think um, here's the reason why is because a lot of people don't know what the hell the stores want you to do. Like, so for me, I'm just keeping it on because I, I, I don't see any signs really saying we don't require a mask anymore. So unless I hear different, then I'm just wearing the stupid thing. Well, and I'm, I'm not saying that to say I have a and problem. When I say I'm wearing a mask, I'm wearing Barry that, that, you know, the famous, the guy that got famous during COVID, the the black porn star with the huge. You're you're just you're just the huge indulging. dong. You're just uh, indulging a joke is all you're doing. You're right, right. Um, a mockery of masks. Yes, exactly. But no, again, I'm not. I'm not saying it's wrong to wear them. It's. I'm not. I'm not saying I took yeah, issue. No, I've just before. been. I'm just saying it was surprising. Like if there was a place in the world where I expected people to be over it, particularly when it was no longer enforced, which it never really was right but i, I kind of thought small towns in south texas would be the kind of place where everybody had been like oh yeah we're done with this shit but no it was actually more prevalent there than it like i'm here in my little neck of the woods north of san antonio in comal county texas right now i don't see hardly any maybe half of folks are are still going in and out of shops and, and whatnot with their masks on maybe half uh, it's funny, like certain spots, it's like everybody I see and then other spots, it's like nobody. It, like I went into a hardware store yesterday and nobody had them, but you go to. When I went into Northern, uh, when I hunted in uh, Northern Northwest Nebraska this year, dude, nobody, they, they, they made the biggest joke about it. Like we went to a bar and nobody even wore a mask in or out, not to just go sit at your table, like to eat or what, no mask, gas station. Nope. No, nowhere. And they, they just thought it was a huge joke. Like, why in the hell would we be wearing a mask? That's just stupid. Um, right. But I will say this. The folks down in South Texas didn't appear to be letting... All they were complying with was the mask, right? right. Nobody, nobody's Like, the town was busy. Every gas station was busy. People were out and about. Like, it, I guess my main point was, it, it, it. other than people continuing to wear their masks, you wouldn't have known that we were still dealing with this thing, right? Yeah, it, people... Yeah have gone about their lives. And for the most part, I feel like that's been that way. Certainly was for me personally for months. I haven't let, I mean, I haven't traveled for work. What, here's what, here's an example either. of something in my daily life. That's absolutely asinine. So my gym requires that you wear a mask through the front door up until the time that you get to your locker and put your stuff up. Then you, at that point you can take your mask off and work out. And then to walk out of the gym, please put your mask back on. <laughs> so that you can walk out of the gym or in my case go get my kids out of the child care which um they are also wearing masks there so but you know you can run and work out and sweat and get the machines all germed up without your mask on so i mean just that kind of stuff makes no sense it never has um did you see that the texas rangers are going to open uh they're going to open opening day up with max capacity they're the first franchise to go back to uh full capacity since Good. the lockdown. Good. I hadn't seen that. Um, I think I they are requiring masks, though, because, it, you know, I think it, it's the, we've been in this thing for so long. It's like now it's a shock to, like, just say, okay, 35,000 people, no masks, you know. So, but good for them for going to full capacity. Also, screw the Rangers because they don't spend any money. And I think that, you know, they missed the whole – they missed last season, all that revenue with their new stadium. I think it's just a money thing because they know that they're – once their team's – 
15 games under 500, no one's going to be going anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, hey, it's just business. Yeah. Um, glad they're opening up full. I think you're probably right. They're in the right state to do it. And yeah, they probably are pretty strapped. Um, the point you made about going in and out of your gym, it's to me the same point that's been made for, for many, many months about going in and out of a restaurant. That's the sort of thing that, you know, when, when anybody takes issue with somebody questioning the validity of masks, forget about the fact that Fauci told us not to, mm-hmm. and then told us to. The biggest flip-flop. And now he's telling us to double mask. And now he's telling right. us even if you've had the vaccine, you still need to wear your mask. Forget all that. <clears throat> the idea that I can walk into a restaurant and I have to, let me, let me take you back to Colorado in August, right? Mm-hmm. About the time we started this thing. Ashley and I had our uh, 15th wedding anniversary. So we took a flight to a- the, the Aspen area, Snowmass area of Colorado, did some fly fishing, just a little three-day weekend. And in the mountain towns of Colorado, um, you, you'd be like, you know, in, in downtown, say Aspen, or um, we went over to Basalt. Basalt was really cool. Um, but, you know, like, you know, your typical mountain main street, square type environment they were even you know they, they had outdoor mask requirements in those uh little commerce areas right mm. so like you'd be walking down main street in basalt and everybody would have their mask on and you'd walk right by a table at a restaurant out on the street where people were sitting and because they were seated with food in front of them and a glass of water they weren't wearing their masks right so like you can't get COVID the only difference now. between that person and me is they were sitting and I was standing. Yeah. And of course, if you walked into the restaurant, you wore it until you were seated and then you could take it off indoor or outdoor. And there was indoor seating going on. That is so <laughs> farcical that I, I don't blame anybody and I'd be among them who challenges the concept in the first place. Give me a fucking break. Right. We either need the mask because they're going to save all of our lives or they're not worth, you know, the, the, the strap of cloth that you, that you tied to your face. And, you know, to, to have rules that say, well, when you're, when you're walking from A to B, you don't need it. But when you sit down at B or, you know, you do need it, then you sit down at B and you don't need it. But if you get back up to walk over to C, the shitter, you better put it back on. Mm-hmm. Just give me yeah break. i mean um henry had his first baseball game of the spring yesterday and there were people outside in the stands wearing masks and i'm just like well i don't know i mean and COVID obviously affected me in my family immensely i mean my mom still was walking with a walker and she was she was diagnosed with COVID on like december 7th or something i mean it's been a hellacious journey that she's still not out of the woods and her body was just wrecked by that, by this disease. But it's still absurd that people would be walking around outside at a baseball game, not like where you're crammed in at the Ranger Stadium. Just talking about casually just, you know, you're hanging out 15 feet from the next person watching the game through the chain link fence and you're wearing a mask. And I think society has been so – um, they've just had this ramrodded down their throats for so long that – now they're afraid to take it off. I can tell you that the first few times I went out in public without it on, it made me feel very, very awkward. Even mm-hmm. if I saw other people not wearing them, like it was as much as I've fought it and as much as I've been driven insane by it over the last year, the the programming works, man. It works. Like it I, gets I, in, it gets into your head. Absolutely. You better put your damn mask on. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it makes it, it it makes it hard not to continue complying. But uh, yeah, I I still feel awkward when I look at my friends and we all have masks on, like when we're you know in a, in a public setting where they require it. Doesn't it feel just terrible? Like looking at your, we've all got these stupid masks on, you know. We went to Branson with our neighbors last weekend for spring break. And uh, me and my, my neighbor, we ride to the truck together, 
we ride in the truck together to go get some beer or something. I don't know, making a run to the grocery store. And here we are. Hey, do you have your mask? Do you have your mask? I mean, it's just so freaking awkward. Like, and then we put it on and it's like someone that you see every day. <laughs> you still, did you put a mask on? I'm, and I can't even, like, I, I guess, you know, my hearing isn't that great uh, from being in the elk woods and you hear a bugle and I'm, I'm like, oh, I didn't hear that. Um, but like, yep. I, I, I guess I <laughs> rely true. on lip reading to some extent, like subconsciously. And I was talking to a lady at the checkout counter and I, I, I had to ask her to repeat it like three times. I was like, I can't hear you. I can't see your lips moving. So I don't have any idea what you're saying. Dude, sometimes I can't understand myself when I'm talking with the damn thing on. Yeah, it's, it's aggravating, man. And listen, if they worked it though, it's if they worked, if they worked, we wouldn't still be here. The reality is no matter what the left tries to claim, the vast majority of Americans were wearing those damn things everywhere they went for the last year. And we had no less than three spikes, huge world ending spikes of cases not necessarily of deaths because in each of those three successive spikes, the death counts, death rates were going down while cases were going up because uh, a, we were getting better at treating it. Mm-hmm. B it kind of ran through maybe some of the most at risk folks in its first round or two. Right. But it's like that meme that went around Instagram the little kind of split screen shot that, you know, some guys asking the question. So lockdowns work, so we don't need any more. Right. And then, then below it would say, so lockdowns didn't work. So no reason to do them again. Right. <laughs> Same thing with the masks. So the masks work. So after a year, we don't need them anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, masks didn't work. So after a year, safe to say, don't need them anymore. Right. Mm. yeah yeah uh, Nothing, well, no, and again the, the, the idea that you can get your vaccine which we all have to have and still not be able to get on an airplane or go anywhere without a double mask what are we doing dude why is everybody letting us yeah my, my, no my, my i I, mean, get, I recently <laughs> traveled to south africa and had to get those covid tests on the way there and on the way back and uh Dude, I think now, even if you are vaccinated, you still have to have a COVID test, a negative PCR test. Like, back to your point, what are we doing? If the vaccines work, why are we having to get a test? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I've said since day one of this thing, man, is that I really believe that a lot of it is driven by the fact that the world has become more secular, which means the world is becoming more and more panicked about the reality of their own mortality. Right. As I think I've said before on this show with the baby boomers now sort of at a minimum age of what mid sixties. Yeah. Uh, early sixties, minimum age up to, you know, some of them pushed in the around, around the age of 80. Right. That, we now have the largest generation of old people in basically the history of the world. Yeah. They happen to also have all the power from a political perspective, from an economic perspective, right? Um, I feel like it's their fears of their mortality coupled with the, uh, you know, sort of nerfing helicopter parenting generations of ours and the one behind us uh, who are willing to, you know, give up every liberty for quote safe safety and safe spaces we have everybody suffering under this delusion that if you just put enough safe spaces yeah exactly i'm glad that wasn't a thing when i was a kid man same same here and it's not a thing for my kids i'll just say that um dude i oh i gotta interject this okay so my neighbor um my buddy i was just talking about his wife is um finishing up her like student teaching at my kids elementary school um like doing her semester of um, student teaching and she's finished with the class classroom aspect of it, getting her degree anyway. And she's been a stay at home mom for the first seven or eight years of her kids' lives and she wants to work. 
admirable, right? Um, sure. So she told me the other day that up until fourth grade, you can't, when the class is acting up, if it's one kid who's always a problem, you can't say that kid specifically. You can't single them out. You have to say, class, 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 I need your attention. Class, stop talking. You can't say, hey, Johnny, get your shit together. Like, what What in the I – I was dumbfounded. You can't single out a kid who's being an asshat and say, hey, kid, stop doing that. I need your attention. I, I, I mean, that's unbelievable because you're going to hurt the kid's feelings until fourth grade, and then now you're not going to hurt their feelings anymore. <laughs> Might have been fifth grade. I don't know. It was absurd. Yeah. Do you believe it? Uh, Thanks, bases. Yeah, they should just uh, give them all A's too, like participation trophies, right? I think they do. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Or no grades at all, just a check mark. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, right. Uh, that perfect. And that's perfect, a Texas. Perfect example of what I'm I'm talking about. Oh yeah, dude, we we're, we've got our own share of it going on here for sure um but again like kind of back to my point about it they, they all seem to believe that if you put enough nerf around the world then death gets you know doesn't have to happen anymore and that i heard somebody the other day saying you know if you're over 80 you must get this vaccine man hank aaron got it and died a week later a week yeah. later and he's not the only octogenarian that got it and died literally within a week or two. There are some studies out there who say that people over 65 really need to think twice about it. Now, did he die of COVID? No, they didn't tell us why he died. He just died. He probably did. My, 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 my I mean, main just point, like Larry King didn't die of COVID. My main point is that once you're in your 80s, you're the time left on the clock. Dude, you're... you're <laughs> You're playing with house money is a great way of saying it. You're way inside the two minute drill. You're, you're down <laughs> to the last 20 seconds. It, you know, it, it just, I, I, just the way they talk about it, man, people are dying. Yes, they are always and always have. And they always will until our Silicon Valley wannabe gods figure out how to upload our consciousness into their computers. This is part of how it is. Right. Silicon Valley gods that have we done a discussion on Bill Gates buying up all that all the uh, agricultural land how much you know he's like the biggest ag landowner in America now I didn't know that but I think we should do a nice big discussion we will we Bill will Gates just, because yeah you may not know this he also happened to have been one of the or I think it was actually the Gates Foundation but you know Bill uh somehow he was one of the main financiers of the company that invented this mRNA technology, this mm -hmm. German uh, biomedical group. So yeah, I, I may have said this before, but the Moderna and uh, Pfizer vaccines are actually the same vaccine. They have two different delivery mechanisms. They're similar, but that's why they're, you know, at first they said they're not interchangeable, but then they are, they're both mRNA vaccines. That technology was developed out of Germany by a company that Bill Gates, at least in part, bankrolled. Around the same time he was bankrolling that company, he was telling everybody, actually years before that, that a virus would come out of China, jumping allegedly from animals, that would create a global pandemic. And you may have noticed, but he's out talking about taking your shot all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Oh, and I heard a great one the other day. It was uh, 60 Minutes. They had a sit-down with Bill, and they do a thing on 60 Minutes where they call it like uh, uh, overtime, 60 Minutes Overtime or something like that, but it's basically like the long form of the interview will be online, right? Uh -huh. they, they produce, obviously, the, the edited version for their 60-minute program, but you can watch the full 30-minute interview online so <clears throat> they get to the end of the 60 minute episode and they say to see the rest of our uh this episode which they titled like the the the, the truth about the covid vaccine or something like that mm -hmm. they said go to uh you know the 
60minutes.com overtime and listen to Bill explain, you know, how safe the vaccines are. Brought to you by Pfizer. No bullshit, dude. Swear to God. And there was another one too. Um, there is a documentary. PBS aired it, I think, uh-huh. just like last week. Last week or maybe the first week of March. It's been within the last two week, two weeks. A little documentary was put together. I think it aired on television, may also be available online. Um, it was called something like Race for the Cure or something like that. It was. Oh, that's original. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it, 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 I don't think it was those words because I know that's, you're right, that's a trademarked uh, event, I guess. But it was something to that effect, right? Like this idea of like, it heralds the developers, Pfizer, Moderna, of these vaccines for having pulled off what, what was believed to be impossible this time a year ago, which was a vaccine in under 12 months. Which Trump promised and Biden gets all the credit for, by the way. Again, special thanks to Pfizer for funding the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just like that study that uh, Facebook di- uh, did with um, New York University uh, right. on whether or not conservatives are being censored. Paid for by Facebook, right? Exactly. I mean, like, okay, same shit. Right. As Hillary um, Clinton would say, follow the money. Yeah. In her case, follow the skeletons. But, <laughs> um, yeah, not going to let Biden tell me what I can and can't do when it comes to masks. We will need to do a whole episode on Bill Gates. Uh, he's also a huge financier of the fake meat industry and subsequently has bought up more farmland in America than anybody else. So put two and two together there. He wants you to eat your soy and is, uh, you know, much in the same vein as this deal with the Pfizer Moderna vaccine. Um, yeah, he's, he's in the fake meat market, my man. And we'll get into that. Let's do that episode next time. Yeah. I think that sounds like a great idea. Cause I don't want to be eating any fake meat. I want to go out and kill my own or, uh, I like to eat steak too. So I'm not anti-cow by any stretch of the imagination. I like, I, I love a nice filet. Um, so we'll do that. Yeah, everybody does next week. Even the vegans, they can't stand themselves because of it, but they know. Can you imagine you hating know. yourself so much? <laughs> you have to tell everyone else that, Hey, you need to be as miserable as me. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I do feel for them. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, Thanks for sticking with us on episode 23 of Justified Pursuit. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith, and we will see you guys next time. Eat me, eat me, filet mignon, eat me, eat me, eat it all day long. Eat a few T-bones till you get your fill, eat a New York cut, hot off the grill. Eat steak, eat steak, eat a big old steer, eat 